All right. Well, welcome back to the Full Grim Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Green, a.k.a. Grim Green. I have a very special, very special guest joining me today, Mr. Eric DeAngelis. You might know him as Vinny or Vinyl and Vapor on Instagram. <laughs> he does the Deep Cuts Liquid. He's he's a staple. He's been on my live streams before. Hi, Eric. Hi, Nicholas Green. How are you? A.K.A. Grim Green. Grim Green. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I like to use pro- people's proper names for so long. Yeah, on the internet, you just call people their handles, you know? Just call Ruby Roo, Ruby Roo. I always said that. I said that in the future, that children will be named with the at symbol before their <laughs> names, like on their birth certificates. Yeah, it'll just be at Vinyl and Vapor. Oh, it says so at on my Ju- birth certificate. At Jimmy. At Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> at Jimmy Johnson on Twitter and Instagram. So, yeah, I'm trying to do this new thing where I use people's real names. Okay, we, I'll be Eric. Eric. Not not even Vinny. Eric with a K. Eric with a K, I know, and I always spell it wrong. I didn't know there was two spellings to Eric. Eric with a C, Eric with a K. There's the Viking spelling, and then there's the other spelling. W- which one is yours, the Viking spelling? Absolutely. Oh, okay. No here's, questions asked. Bit, here's a bit of irony. I was, named after, I was named after the Viking because of a cigarette commercial. I, wait, tell this story. <laughs> I, I, well, I was born in the 70s, and they well, I guess you were still able to advertise tobacco on television. Right. So there was there was a uh, a brand called like Red Viking or Viking Cigarettes or something. Okay. And my mother decided to name me Eric Eric the Red, being the the cigarette commercial. Cigarette commercial. How, and how fitting is it now that you work in the vape industry? <laughs> you know. I feel like that's cosmic. That's destiny. That's meant to be something like that. I'm not going to, I can't argue that. It's probably, you know, predetermined. I saw your post on Instagram of Cuomo with his tweet that says masks work. And then he's just out not wearing a mask. Um, Someone was like defending about. They, someone said something about, uh, you know, he's outdoors and he looks socially distanced. But I think that's completely missing the point. Yeah, I think so. Like when, when you're like hysterically compelling people to do things, like you should at the very least adhere, whether you agree with it or not. You know, as citizens, like you should at least, if you're making, you know, compelling people to do that thing. Yes. You should at least in public. Yeah. Try to adhere to your standards if you know you're going to be in public and you know people are going to be seeing you and looking at you yeah i feel like it's a little hypocritical that he wasn't wearing a mask well it's like nancy pelosi you know did you hear about the hair salon yeah at the hair salon (laughs) what is that because it's it's for for, not for me but for thee you know yeah it's not for everyone but for thee yeah so yeah she was in at at a, a they closed down the hair salons but she gets private treatment and is walking around, you know, without a mask. Indoors without a mask. And her, whatever the hairstylist dude behind her was definitely wearing a mask. So that means that in the picture of Cuomo, one of his handlers is right next to him wearing a mask. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. I don't know. They didn't have double, double standards. They wouldn't have any standards at all. No standards at all. None. Yeah. Well, and it makes you wonder, like you see stuff like this and it makes you wonder how, how are we ever going to get them on board with vaping? Well, nice segue, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It's part of the frustration, you know, that I've been, I've been feeling over the last couple months, kind of like yelling into the wind because I don't think that there's much persuasion. Yeah, in any capacity, politically, like you, you know, without without the without the campaign contributions and and like, how do you change people's minds? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I mean, you've been feeling it especially because you're a, you're a small liquid company, Deep Cuts. For anybody that doesn't know, Eric does the Deep Cuts liquid, and so you're a small liquid company, and you're in New York 
which was the first state to ban flavors. And, you know, now with the PMTAs coming up, you're kind of just in this ambiguous, weird zone. You know, what do you do? Just figure it out. We're trying to figure it out, you know? Like, we've we've been complaining for so long. Like, we've always said that, like, the philosophy and the industry is like they're just going to keep lining up these hoops and they're going to keep jumping through we're going to keep jumping through them you know yeah but it doesn't change anything no so what do you do you say fuck it and go black market yeah i mean that seems like the most reasonable solution i mean they can't possibly i mean have you you haven't seen anything of in New York enforcement of the flavor ban? I mean, do they just expect to enforce it with fear? Like, oh, there's a flavor ban and that's it. Are vape shops still selling flavors? Have you, I mean, not for nothing. Have you ever, have you been to a vape shop recently in New York at all? I have. I, 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 I checked in with my, my favorite shop. And the, and the thing is, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll only incriminate myself here. Right for the remainder of the time, but <laughs> they're doing it. But they're, they're doing it behind the counter, and I heard this from other other states too. Like you know, places taking care of their regulars because they built up clientele, and yeah. people come back and come back and come back. So the place that I go to, you know, he's what he's allowed to have out visible. But right. if you kind of like, you know, speakeasy style, wire, yeah, yeah, he'll he'll bring out the giant cardboard box filled with the liquids. I know that, you know, in, in New York, uh, Indian reservations, or I shouldn't say Indian reservations, uh, Native American reservations are, seem to be like a loophole for people, for shops and things they can sell because they're not beholden to the federal, they're only beholden to the federal government, not the state government. So on Native American land on the reservation, they can still sell flavored e-liquids. I had heard that I had heard that I hadn't been aware of it until Alex, Alex Norcia. Yeah. He contacted me asking me about it because he heard that some of the companies and distributors were moving their operations to native land reservations to, to continue to do business. Yeah. And I hadn't heard of that, but apparently that's, that's a way that people are kind of, there's some big distributors here. In New York, you know, like Man Vape and Wet Vapes and, and mm-hmm. you know, Vapor's Choice, like they set up shop here and they're big companies. Yeah. You no, know, and they're just told, yeah, well, no more. So how do you adapt with with, with that type type of time frame? You know, and, and continue to provide for your employees and your family and shit like that. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to live in the loopholes, like vaping you know and i've said this before a lot is vaping's always had like a it's been up against a wall like up against a time limit like we've always had a deadline i feel like the vape industry since like 2016 has just been on borrowed time and that's the other thing like what what you know 2016 was a disaster and people started shutting stuff down and, and mm-hmm. you know distribute canceling their vendors and everyone panicked and really did anything happen? No, nothing happened. As far as, enfor- as far as enforcement goes, you know, no, I mean, did anything happen aside from the industry becoming more aware and vapors becoming more aware? Yeah. Of I mean, what they were involved in and yeah, kind of, there was no, there was no enforcement that I saw. I'm sure some letters got sent out by the FDA, but there was like, there was no enforcement and all it did was, close a bunch of shops, close a bunch of vendors. And then that just, you know, it's, it's capitalism. So that created a vacuum, you know, an empty space where other people, newer vendors and newer shops came in to fill that void. Right. And I think all the FDA has to do is announce things and then vape shops, just people just panic and shut down. And it's because we've been on that, like borrowed time the whole time. And it's We're unfortunate. Con- we've been conditioned by these health organizations. You know, like we've been dealing with them for so like even with the with the pandemic and everything, like how do you take any of these these 
establishment seriously in anything they say. No, I know. I mean, and it even even like even like the CDC, FDA, <laughs> American Heart Association, American Lung Association. You can't take anybody seriously. Like, who do you trust anymore? Their credibility is shot. But I mean, we're, yeah, living in the loopholes. I'm living in the loopholes, you know, and uh, it's been super discouraging and unstable and insecure and you don't fucking know. Am I allowed yeah. to curse here? Yeah, of course. It's encouraged a little bit. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's been hard, you know, like I don't have the means for, you know, I don't have the, I'm not a, like you said, I'm a small company. You know, I still operate out of my basement. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't sold hundreds of thousands of bottles, but it's providing for my son and myself. So it's been, it's been, it's been real, real tough, like holding on to it. I set myself up that this is the thing. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, this, this is the idea that I had. And it's, you know, it's always been threatened. Yeah. But now it's kind of, you kind of add this kind of, you know, unsurmountable regulation that costs all this money and it, and it, and it puts people like me and the smaller guy in this weird position because then it's, you're also like, am I doing the wrong thing? Am I going to be kind of like Outlawed. exiled? Yeah. Or even Outlawed. as far as your perception, perception within the industry and your, you know, within vaping. Yeah, like pe people conform and fall in line, and all these big companies are like, "Well, we applied for our PMTA, is our PMTA went through?" And you know, it's a big industry, and there's a lot of small people who are kind of chasing, you know, a dream and uh, and and believe in what they were doing. So, what do we do? Yeah, well, what, I mean, one thing that I'm hoping doesn't happen is, you know, pro uh, the FDA is releasing the all the, the names of all of the companies that are putting through PMTA applications. They're releasing all of this information and then the products that they're trying to put through. And I feel like that's a really, really bad idea uh, because the antis are going to use it against us. And I think they just want us to tattletale on each other. And I hate that because that's never really been part of the vape community. That's never been really part of the vape you know, at least the hobbyist side of it is now you're going to have shops or distros who will go, oh, look at deep cuts. They're not on the golden list of PMTA submissions. You know, can't have them in the shop. Can't have them here. Watch out for for deep cuts. <laughs> you know, it, it could happen. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't I. You know, just like 2016, it's kind of like this. What do you do? Like I, uh, I'm like, I haven't gotten any letters. I haven't gotten any, you know, knock on wood, any warnings or any kind of investigation into what I do. Like, now are you putting yourself on their radar by trying to apply? You know, I'm not on their radar, so you're kind of right. like left in limbo. Yeah. Like, like I, I've registered products, so I guess. In some capacity, I'm already on their radar. Yeah, I, they have to be aware of you. But at the same time, like, who are they coming after? You know, like, are they looking at your revenue? Because then they're just being dicks. So, I, you know, like, I'm not yeah. crushing it in sales. Like, what, what are you going to come <laughs> after my $50,000 in, you know, gross revenue for a year? Yeah, for a year. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Here's the thing. I think you're. I think you even like uh, Omboy OC with his with his nude liquids. I think it's enough under the radar that you could probably just carry on doing online sales. I mean, well, that's kind of what my philosophy was, you know. And I've I've been kicking it back and forth and like doing research and asking people who have filed PMTAs and I'm speaking to. You know, there, now there's every other vapor's a, a consultant at this point. So <laughs> yeah, everyone's giving offering their services to get you through the PMPAs. Yeah, you know, which is fine. I mean, it needs to be done, I suppose. 
And if they're making a living doing that, that's great. But um, I'm not a big company. So I'm, I'm not, you know, Fabtasia. I'm not, my, my, the majority of my client base is retail. Yeah. You know, on a, on a smaller scale and a couple of shops that do it right. You know, I'm not, I'm not dealing with volume and I'm not dealing with a, a large percentage of wholesale. So, you know, until that, but it's, it's, it, it could become an issue because now the vendors, you know, my, my the credit card processors are kind of catching on to it. And, and, you know, so it's, it's this constant like dance and, you know, Bob and weave to try and figure out how you can, yeah. you can continue to make a living. Bob and weave live in the loopholes, you know, and it, you know, if worse comes to worse, this is something that Michelle was talking about yesterday on Tuesday, bro. Tuesday was that we need to put like a human face on it. And as soon as you see, you know, uh, some couple selling e-liquid out of their trunk, getting arrested for selling e-liquid for trying to help smokers quit, that might be the thing that will turn the tide as far as like public perception of these products and what we're actually doing. And I feel like you having your story of you, you're just a guy and you're doing what's right and you're trying to help people quit and you just want to sell your e-liquid to ex-smokers uh, and, and you know, definitely not to kids and you're just trying to support you and your boy and you're doing it by yourself. I think that is like a very humanizing thing, you know? I mean, in theory, it, 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 sh- it should work. But I mean, we saw that with shops closing down with, with you know, the Michigan's and Massachusetts where they were kind of, you know, and it, and it they just it's, didn't even it's care. The aware- it's the awareness issue again. It's like, you know, when people don't care, when the majority of the public aren't, tuned into it or invested or really give a shit about yeah. smokers or, you know, alternatives, then you're going to get lost. You know, that message is kind of lost. You yeah. Kind of, unless you're living on the street, <laughs> you know, like you've, been, <laughs> you've lost everything. Yeah. You know, but that's a, that was the potential for a lot of, a lot of, you know, these, these shops that were, in operation for seven, eight years. Yeah. Called to shut their doors with no contingency plan. Yeah. Well, and it's heart- heartbreaking too because people have put their whole lives into this. And, you know, there was a time, you know, I always talk about 2015, 2016 era, but even when I first moved down to Southern California, there was this great family owned vape shop. They called themselves Vader Vapor. And, mm-hmm. They had like an R2-D2 on the wall and they had a, you know, a huge, huge customer base. And it was all just, you know, ex-smokers like we all are for the most part. And due to all of these California regulations and taxes, they're like, well, you know, he called me up. He's like, yeah, we got to close the shop and I don't know what we're going to do. And it's just heartbreaking. And then you think about that happening, not just once, but hundreds of times i mean thousands of times it's like people are having the american dream literally ripped away from them by the government yeah it's been a big it's been a big issue of mine that kind of like you're told you can do anything here and then be you know trying to achieve that and create something and build something for yourself for your family and then being told no yeah by, by yeah. uh bureaucrats and politicians yeah and but and, but, on, yeah. but on the, but on the op- optimistic side like people held out you know and i and and at one point six months ago i removed all of the massachusetts you know the shops that i was doing business with there were like, mm-hmm. like three or four maybe five shops in in new england massachusetts specifically and uh i took them out of like the database because like that's the end of it and then recently in the last couple of weeks they started popping back up again I was like, so think they're like, we're just, you know, finding the loopholes and placing orders again because there's, there's demand. Yeah. But they didn't, they didn't, they didn't throw it in, you know, which is, which is great. Yeah. So, so there, there's, a, there, it, it, I don't know if that's, there's light at the end of the tunnel or you just hold out, you know, same as some people did in 2016. I, I don't know. I can't, 
think there's I'm too invested. Nothing, you know, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. To, well, yeah, I mean, and shops, uh, see, and Jim McDonald said this on Twitter. He said, uh, post PMTAs, shops do not close. Just stay open and let the FDA try to enforce it if they even can. Right. Just. I heard there was like, there was, I don't, like they were estimating a certain number of PMT applications and it turned out to be exponentially way higher than they even forecasted. Way higher. I mean, unbelievably higher. I mean, and, and it's not surprising because like, look, like you had to register your liquids with FDA. Mm hmm. All all the liquid manufacturers had to register, at least register. This isn't a PMTA. This is just registering with the FDA. They know how many liquid companies are out on the market. It's into the tens of thousands of liquid companies. I don't know how they could have assumed, oh, we should. I'd be surprised if we get like 100 applications. Yeah. They grossly underestimated it. And enforcement is a a big issue. Yeah. That's the way I see it. But, um, oh, I had a point and I forgot it. That's fine. That's I miss my, I miss my Twitter. I, I pulled away from all of it, you know, from, from as you Twitter. know, yeah, from Twitter and just from like, that was my, the passion and the activism and the, you know, the involvement and everything was kind of my, my thing. And yeah. I, to kind of step step away from it because it just got it got too much emotionally you know yeah. maybe it says something about my my intestinal fortitude <laughs> but every everyone has a breaking point yeah no I, and i and i i get I don't it know how to you know it, it just pull everything out from under you and and at the at the beginning of the pandemic, at the beginning of the COVID thing, people were like, "How are you holding up?" I'm like, I felt like the transition was actually easier for me than most because I feel like maybe last August things started to stir up. Yeah, like the, with the closings and everything like that, and 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 I I felt conditioned for the for the disappointment and the kind of like depression that everyone was kind of like catching up to me. <laughs> And they were talking about like, how do you feel? I was like, I've been in my house feeling this way for six months because, you know, my profession and what I'm involved in with, in my personal life. So it was almost kind of like two steps ahead of everybody when they were like getting locked down. Yeah. If that, yep. if that makes any sense. No, it does. It completely does. So kind of, it's been, it's been a conflict for me because I want to be active, but then I, it just, it's just that, what do you call it? Rage butter? Truth butter. Truth butter? Yeah, truth butter. I get I get rage butter and ulcers and anxiety and... Yeah. Well, I mean, no. and it's completely understandable. And you're not alone in any capacity. In fact, just the other day, I, I hit up Matt Cully. I just mm-hmm. sent him a text and said, like, hey, bud, <laughs> how you doing? I haven't seen you around. I just, you know, I want to make sure you're okay. And so... He texted me back and he's like, can I call you? And I said, absolutely. And so we got on a phone call. It could have been a podcast of its own. But I I talked to Matt for about an hour and he expressed like very similar sentiments in that it was just so anxiety inducing. And it's not, you know, it's not just the vape aspect of it, although that's a huge part of it. You know, it's everything. The world just feels heavy right now. It does. Because it's it just keeps piling on piling on and piling on and then vaping's down here at the bottom and people just stopped caring about it you know it, it, it went out of the public eye and now we've piled on this pandemic and we've piled on this ele- election and we've piled on these riots and we've piled on BLM and we've piled on you know uh, all of this socialists and communists and antifa and it, yeah it's, it's i mean <laughs> How much, I mean, what's the breaking point for everybody? I feel like they're just trying to find, like, how far can we push people? Right. How well, much I mean, it's, pile on? I mean, we could, I could put my tinfoil hat on easily. It's always in my pocket. But yeah. how much of it is intentional? You know, I, I think a lot of it, like, 
the division is is kind of how you acquire more power. So I think it's there's there's definitely there's definitely uh, entities at work who are fomenting all of this. But but I mean, in regard to the vape stuff, it's like the they, they took. It's like when you get, you know, when you were a kid and you got an ice cream cone and it fell off and you're standing there like, in the, you know, like everyone was excited. <laughs> it was this industry and we had solutions and we had answers and we had a community and friendships were made and, and innovations were, were, were made and, and they just fucking knock the ice cream off the cone. And we're just like, fuck you. You, you can't have this. No, nope. we don't care. We don't care. And we don't care. We don't care what happens to you. We don't care what happens to technology. We don't care what happens to the people involved. And there's nothing you can do about it. So, it, I mean, after years and years and years of, of feeling that way over and over again, you know, a lot of the people who are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and excited about, you know, what we created, just kind of like you know, beat down. Yeah, it feels like you a know, it feels like a kick kick in the pants. Swift kick in the pants. The ice cream analogy still, is perfect, by the still way. Here for, we're still here for it. And a lot of people are fighting and holding on and just going, you know, we're not, like we're not letting go of it because we, we believed in it from day one. We know the truth, but it's hard to kind of hold, you know, hands get tired of holding the empty ice cream cone. Yeah. Fingers are, you know. And I think it's not just, you know, it's not even just people that have been in it for a really long time that are getting burnt out. I feel like the consumers are getting burnt out, having to constantly hear about it, having to constantly, it's like, oh, you quit smoking with this, whatever, this RTA and this sub ohm tank. Now, welcome to this shit show where you're going to have to defend its use to everybody right. around you. You're going to have to defend its use to politicians. I'm glad it helped you quit smoking, but that's the least important aspect of this right now. You know, it's like, you're going to have to defend this. And, you know, because of all of the legislation and advocacy that we do and activism, we do, we've just made the vape community like a little bit like volatile of a, of a, of a place, I guess where you're just constantly bombarded with it. We made it less fun and we didn't do it. Like the government. No, did it. <laughs> yeah. it became less fun. I mean, they need some sort of rejuvenation in that, in that capacity. And it could, and it can be done. I think, you know, if, if, if we could remove ourselves from all the negativity, it's, it's, it's discouraging. And then I, you know, when, when they were doing that media blitz, I saw people, because you remember it was got real intense, and, you know, with the with the Evoli. Evoli and all, and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. I saw people that I converted go back to smoking, like ten people, because of, you know, <laughs> yeah. like how do you how do you handle? I watched them do. I watched them like why you were you were fine, and they're like smoking cigarettes again. So yeah, it's hard to not hard to not feel deflated. Yeah. It's hard to not feel deflated. Wait, how did you put it in your in your text? Detached, detached, and discouraged. Yeah, both of those things, detached and discouraged. But it, it comes across in everything. I built something on social media, and the con even the content is just like, <laughs> like <laughs> it used to be like challenging and humorous and creative. Fun. And now I'm like, and fun and. And I'm like, here's a picture of what I think. Here's yeah. a bottle. Here's so a bottle. It's, it's hard. It just it just kind of like hit on on every level. It's like creatively and enthusiastically, but but you know, keep pushing forward. And I, I don't know. I mean, I've adopted that philosophy of like wait wait and see. It's always wait and see. Always. It's been wait so and see. Yeah. So they're gonna do this PMTA, and everyone's gonna scramble and spend tons and tons and tons of money and, and then I don't know like I when they knock on the door you know that's when I throw in the towel but they but they haven't done that like literally knock on the door like, yeah like literally show up and knock on the door fuck a letter yeah when you come and take the inventory away that's fine 
you come take my hundred bottles in a garage in Maryland because I'm living yeah. in the loopholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Confiscate it and take it outside and pile it up and pose with it. Like it's some big drug bust, yeah. you know, like a narco bust. Like, like a narco yeah. bust. Yeah. <laughs> All these boxes of, you know, just deep cuts, e-liquid. They raid some shop. Yeah. It's just piles of like smoke coil heads. They pose with it. Yeah, like my stupid, my stupid face on the bottle. Like, like Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's uh, and the you know the black market. That's a thing that's already happening. You know, uh, on the East Coast, there's so many smuggled tobacco products already. I mean, New Yorkers, is New, there? New York State, New York State smokes more smuggled cigarettes than they do legally purchased cigarettes, and that's just because the taxes are so high. Yeah. So there's this huge black market of smuggling already on the East Coast. And when Massachusetts banned flavors, that just started adding to it. Uh, and I was talking to a girl on Twitter. I've saw, you know, I saw her posting on Twitter that she makes runs up and down the East Coast from, uh, into Massachusetts with all sorts of flavored e-liquids and sells them, you know, out of her car. And it's just a huge black market. Well, they can take responsibility for it because they created it. Yeah, but like that's no. I mean, I'm saying the 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 the, the politicians created it. Like right. It's yeah. on their head that a black market exists. I know. It People is. People are just doing, and they don't <laughs> seem to care. Like I feel like they just go, oh well, that's just like that's to be expected. But the important part is that we banned it, and the black market is just a whatever a byproduct of what we did because but we did the right thing i can't get gavin newsom to care about a black market even though there's going to be a tremendous black market in california gavin newsom's an idiot like at some 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 of these people are just lost causes like there's not it's beyond repair like cuomo's whitmer newsom whitmer well whitmer started all of this she was the first one she was the first one that saw Ivali and said, oh, look, the black market created this really dangerous product. Let's ban flavored nicotine. Let's ban the legal, let's ban the legal market. Yeah, let's ban the legal market and turn the legal market into a black market, which was where all of this started in the first place. Fucking disingenuous. It seems so like black and white to me and to us, I'm sure. I don't I don't know why politicians won't can't see that that they're creating a black market a potentially dangerous black market because they're evil by <laughs> nature they're just <laughs> fucking evil I mean it's not like why can't they it's just like just take it for granted like they're not good people yeah they're they just see not. it and they recognize it and then they just they're just evil yeah they're not they're not they're not they work for us, but they're not working for us. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we pay their salaries, but they don't fucking care. They just don't. They never. They never do. No, and that's they I never mean, do. And that's a whole big issue with politics, anyway, in general. And I've been saying this on Twitter. It's just a dog and pony show. They'll just say whatever and do whatever to get your votes and remain in power. And that's it. That's all that matters. It's you know the 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 the, the catchphrase the. They virtue signal. That's all. Yeah. And whoever whoever pay, pays the most, you know, has policy implemented. So. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, and it's like the same thing. I don't know if you heard about this California bill that really like uh, that went after Uber. Did you hear about this? Yeah. And the and the whole freelance market, like people who who write for publications. What is it? HB. I can't remember the two 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 sixty two fifty six or two something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, ridiculous. But they, but any but any independent contractors like yeah like musicians, but, writers, artists, right. freelance anything. Uh, gone done because. It, this bill was sponsored by and paid for workers' unions. Well, right, they want to shove everyone into a union, give them a, a living wage, and you know, right. it's not it's it's not capitalist. I'm not going to go into the communism, socialist <laughs> stuff, but it's not it's it's the antithesis of that. Yes, 
Well, what, the one thing they don't understand is people who drive Uber like being contract workers. They don't right. want to have a boss to answer to who goes, okay, well, now that you're an employee of Uber, I'm going to tell you when you have to drive. I'm going to set your hours because I'm giving you the paycheck now. I mean, that's the majority of the appeal for driving. I mean, I did it for a couple of months and it was just like, I, you know, I wasn't going to go back behind a bar and mm-hmm. I needed to make money. And I was like, well, I've been living on my own terms for however long trying yeah. to sell liquid. So why, why change my entire lifestyle? Yeah. yeah. It's makes, it makes no mm-hmm. sense, but, but that's what they, you know, they want, we're going to be pod people. Yeah. And no matter how much pushback there was against this bill, uh, which there was, it still just passed. And yeah. after I saw this happen in California, I thought, well, the flavor ban's definitely going to pass. Does that affect you as a as a content creator making a living off of? Uh, or, no. Or you're not providing a service for other people. Is that how it? Yeah, it would be if I. So if I wanted to hire uh, a freelance video editor to edit my videos after I shoot them then that would cross the line and I'd have to hire them as an employee and have, uh, you know, payroll tax and offer them benefits and all of this stuff. I can't just hire a freelance video editor anymore. And the thing that upsets me most about this bill is it's just this big blanket bill. And then when they see how it negatively adverse, you know, uh, negatively impacts things, these adverse effects, these adverse side effects, they'll, they start making exceptions. They don't admit that the bill was bad to begin with. They go, no, the bill was good, but it negatively affects freelance writers. So freelance writers will make an exception for them and them only. Right. Instead of admitting it was bad legislation to begin with, they start making all these exceptions from the bad legislation. And so now if you're a musician, you can hire a freelance drummer for a live show without having to make them an employee but uber and it's just painted in the media as like uber's bad uber's greedy uber and they don't want to pay their employees properly but it's a it's just a personal contract the employees are aware it's just based on how much you no, I know. Based on how much you you want to work, it doesn't make any. I mean, I'm trying to make sense of it, but you can't because it doesn't. You can't. It's just not. It's policy made without any practical, you yeah. know, motivation. No, not at all. And it's the same way with vaping. They do the same thing with vaping. They say, "Well, this flavor ban will protect the youths from flavored tobacco," but it's not. And we've seen in San Francisco that it that it won't help. It just creates a big black market. Uh, it doesn't reduce the use or availability of flavored products and it increases smoking cigarette smoking rates. Like that's exactly what happened in San Francisco. Ultimately, isn't that what they want? Uh, I mean, I guess. Isn't the, I mean, (laughs) it's not out in the open, but I mean, we, we, we know about tobacco lobbies. We know about, you know, isn't it at this point, the, 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 it, it's so diabolical. Like anything is possible. Like anything is possible. Like you yeah. cannot believe anything, any, any policy, anything that's said and it sucks, but you can't, yeah. <laughs> you just can't. You can't. And I feel like you have to be especially skeptical of policy and legislation that is, you know, for your own good. We're doing this for you, for your own good. The government doesn't have your best interests in mind ever. Oh, no, of course not. It's just, but no, but but there's still too many people who believe that they yeah. do. Naive people, I say. So how do how, how did he fix that? It's happening. It's fucking happening. Yeah, it's, uh, you can't not, be, not because not because of vapors. It's happening in other areas, and people are starting to wake up. Yeah, it's weird. Well, and it's it's going to be a long road, and this is the part that I hate to even think about. But you know, we've been I've been doing this uphill battle for eleven years now, eleven and a half years now, and it's going to be another decade, maybe longer of this. 
before. It's definitely a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah, it is a marathon. And that's the hard part. But, but you're a decade in. Do you feel like it's re- it's reaching or reached critical mass? Or do you think it's going to get worse before it gets better? Uh, <laughs> shit. I don't know. I mean, that... <laughs> I mean, in two thousand nine, like there, there, there was. I'm sure there was buzz about it, and you were dealing with, you know, this is dangerous because people were unaware of the technology or whatever. It hadn't become culturally as as significant. Yeah, well, like, you know, and back where, then, where we are, where are we at in your journey? Ten, ten years, eleven it, years in. It's definitely this. Definitely feels like the darkest timeline. It feels like it's. Okay the worst it's ever been. Um, and it only, what I've seen happen is it, the more that the government gets involved, the worse it gets. Right. That's like, like most things, like most things. Yeah. The more that the government gets involved, the worse it gets because in 2009, you know, we were just flying under everybody's radar. Granted, we didn't have uh, salt nicotine at that time. It was just all traditional Nick. And we were just flying under everybody's radar. And at the, you know, I would say from 2009 to like even maybe early 2014, it was just old, old farts vaping. There was no sort of sexy, hip, hip coolness to it. It was just these old dudes modding flashlights into mods and, you know, mix and liquid and it was all these middle-aged dudes and you know uh, plumbers and just blue collar people and we're just vaping and not smoking cigarettes and that's that was like the scene at the time and then you know when other brands like hip type of brands started getting involved like local vape and where it became like a culture counterculture type of thing and suddenly it wasn't just 35 plus something people vaping. It became like 20 plus people vaping. And then we got V God and tricks. And I was really resistant to all of it at first until I realized, well, this is just the, this is just where we're going. Yeah. And it wasn't until it really started blowing up that, uh, the government started taking notice. And honestly, in 2015 and 2016, youths didn't care about vaping. They just didn't. No. Because we had I these. I don't know if they do. Big mods. They don't and care. Yeah. They don't care. They didn't care. They, they still don't care. No, it's just a thing. Just like, I mean, it is become just a thing. It's like, you know, I had a pack of Newports when I was 16 in my pocket. It's just yeah. a thing that they have that, you know fucking teens are going to teen yeah teens are going to teen teens are going to teen themselves into the lowest youth smoking rates in the history of recorded time god forbid <laughs> you know they won't fucking say it they won't say that no of course not they won't say that even in the new uh i don't know what was the newest thing released the youth risk uh youth risk behavioral survey something like that the yrbs that the cdc does it's separate from the national youth tobacco survey but even that reported lowest youth smoking rates of all time. You know, there's so many other risky behaviors like, uh, you know, sex and driving while you're drunk and texting while you're driving and all of these other insanely risky behaviors that youth are doing just shadow vaping. But but all they all they talk about is that the e-cig use is up, you know, it's, it's the money. It's just money. That's all it is. It's 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 just this agenda, you know. It's I hate a, that term agenda, but it's an agenda, isn't it? It is an agenda. They just want to demonize it and vilify it, and not, you know, you can't say that youths are binge drinking more than they're vaping, which they are binge drinking more than they're vaping. Yeah, but you can't say that. No. White Claw is a fucking huge market right now. Yeah, huge market. Oh, hard no. hard just... seltzers. Yeah, they're not, they're not gonna they're not gonna. It's a it's a cash cow. 
you're cutting into their, you're flying the ointment, you're cutting into their revenue. It has to be stopped. It has to be. Well, now you got I mean, Post Malone, hawking Bud Light, pineapple flavored hard seltzers on TV. Like you're telling me youths aren't he smokes, doesn't shit. he? Doesn't he smoke cigarettes? Post Malone? Uh, I don't know. I've seen him. I've seen images of him with a with a a smoke hanging out of his lips for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he definitely. You know, I don't want to stereotype people, but he looks like he would be a cigarette smoker. He's just I that mean, type of guy. We're both we're both middle aged at this point. I mean, what do we know? Yeah, <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> yeah. you're like the Megan Pony. I, I don't know. Yeah. Rap. Post Rap, Malone. Post like, Malone. I'm I don't just know. on the outside looking in. Now I'm at that age where I'm that guy. I was like, what is this? What is yeah. this? I don't know what this is. It's weird when you get there, when you start realizing that. And I, I realize that almost daily with, with my wife, Casey, because she talks about this artist wants to do a live stream. This artist wants to do these drive-in shows. This artist, this artist. And I have no idea. I've never even heard these names before. Zero clue. Zero no clue. Idea. And I, and feel, I feel like, like it's so, even more saturated because of the, you know, because of the ability to put music out, yeah. like there, you, because everyone has a SoundCloud and everyone has this and it's just like, it could be instantaneous, like one song. And then, mm-hmm. so, the, so it's just like millions and millions and millions of, I have no fucking clue. And I actually, to be quite honest, I'm not really that interested because no. I'm old and we just turn into our parents. Yeah. You just do. You're like, no, I'll just whatever i'll listen to uh what i know i'll listen to guar and i'll listen to the bronx and i'll listen to cancer bats and i'll just stick with the, stick with what i know and i, I don't give a shit about uh cardi b and uh meg the stallion <laughs> and in 20 years those kids will be saying the same fucking thing exactly they just don't know it yet listen, they don't know it yet well, and I think, I mean, even when it comes to vaping, I think that, you know, I'm not like this ageist type of person, but I think that's kind of part of the problem too, is that the older you get, the the more out of touch you get. And I feel like that's one of the big roadblocks between any politician really understanding what vaping is and what vapor products do and and the intent of them. I think they just see it right. and they go, oh, that's like smoking and it's nicotine and I don't know anything about nicotine, so it's bad. Well, the the, the amount of ignorance across the board is astonishing. I mean, it does, I mean, even it's just people do not know. They just don't know. Like just the regular person on the street, they know what they see on the news. And, and the same goes for these people in office. They don't they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know. And they just seem uh, completely unwilling to learn completely unwilling to just take one little step into not even, I'm not asking for a deep dive. I'm just one step to attempt to understand it. They have no interest in that. No interest in that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what we do anymore. What do we do? I mean, you've been active and I've been out on the outside looking in. I used, I was so much more active and I'm kind of like, like I said, yeah, feeling detached and, and discouraged. I'm not giving up, but I haven't been as, you know, active as active. It's just yeah. kind of like, let me take care of my little cottage business and take care of my kid. Yeah. And, and hopefully they come back together. You know, I'm not, I'm not pulling the ripcord. I've seen that happen too much. And it's, a, a, you know, still as passionate about it i still evangelize and and i still you know try and help people but how do you you know yeah i'm I'm out of it i feel like i'm out of the dialogue and it's sad it's it's like like i said i'm having an existential crisis something that's been part of me for so for you know at least six seven years yeah well and it's it's almost it's almost like mournful i'm like where's my purpose I don't know how to jump back in. What is my purpose? It's like a like cliched existential crisis. It's like you know, should be smoking a clove and like reading Camus. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you can jump back in 
anybody can jump back in at any time because it's just the same tired old arguments that just continue to happen. And I think some people are getting hip to it. You know, uh, a lot of this comes from Stanton Glantz. Yeah, fucking Stanton Glantz. about that out of the loop? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not that out of the loop. Even this, even this new Stanford study that came out um, that said that uh, teens and young adults are at a higher risk of COVID-19 if they vape. That was funded by, that was Stanton Glantz money. Yeah, you were talking about that yesterday. Yeah, that was Stanton Glantz money. So he's still just the, the main Uncle Touchy behind all of this. And, it doesn't uh, matter who you are as long as the message is, is, is part of the narrative. Right, as long as the message is part of the narrative and as long as the narrative ensures your funding. Right. You know, so he could he can touch and harass whoever he wants, but he's saying all the right things, so nobody's going to call him to, you know, for anything else. Yeah, because he's 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 in line with what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, exactly. He's he's push still pushing that narrative, and I think it, uh, I think ultimately it comes down to people like Campaign for Tobacco for Kids. If they really succeed in their mission, then they will be out of a job. You right. know. And campaign for tobacco free kids is going after snooze pouches now, like non tobacco, just nicotine pouches, you know, like the the lift pouches or the on pouches that don't have any nicotine. They're filled with like gum and nicotine and flavoring, and that's yeah. it. No mouth cancer, really very harmless way to ingest nicotine. They're, they're, they're going after it because it comes in a citrus flavor and then, then the citrus flavors for the kids. And we, we can't should, have we that. Should, we should start like a troll foundation. I mean, I love coffee, but just go after caffeine and try and demonize big substance. Yeah. Just, just yeah, make it like an enemy and see how far we can get with it. Look, I would be on board with this. <laughs> like, just start it start some sort of like, we'll give it a, we'll give it a, what, an acronym. And it'll be like, we'll put, try and put Starbucks out of business. Yeah. Campaign for caffeine-free citizens. Right. Something just, like just that. Because it's, that, it's, it's just that fucking arbitrary. I mean, yeah. of course, it's the delivery system. Like, it was tobacco and smoking at the onset. But now they're just going after, it's just nicotine. Yeah. They're just going after nicotine, just after vices. And I think... So pick a vice. Pick up, and well, and people are so uneducated about nicotine and what it is that they just go, oh, okay, yeah, sounds bad, must be bad. Citrus flavor, yeah, going after the kids, can't can't have them getting hooked on nicotine. You can see the hypocrisy because I mean, you see tenth graders at Starbucks four times a day, yeah, sucking sucking down espresso drinks. I'm not anti-caffeine, but you just no. It's, it's, it's just as arbitrary. Yeah, just as arbitrary. Just as arbitrary. Even just even just today I was watching some YouTube video of like, oh, here's a trailer breakdown for the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And then right in the middle of it, it's like, this video is sponsored by Bang Energy Drinks. It has right. a thousand milligrams of caffeine to keep you going. And I'm like, that's fine. Bang Energy which it is. That's fine if you want to consume it. That's fine. I'm not anti-caffeine. Exactly. I'm not. I'm. I'm not anti-anti anything for for all intents and purposes. But right. It'd be funny. It'd be funny to push some kind of campaign against something that's completely socially and culturally acceptable that has the same addictive, you know, yeah. components as nicotine. You know, like you got kids with fucking jitters and 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 caffeine migraines because they're not getting. 6,000 milligrams of caffeine a day yes. you know, in 11th grade and they can't function, but it's not, you know, I don't know. And I'm sure there's studies that we can use and cite that have shown what the effects of caffeine are and the addictive properties of caffeine and the withdrawal symptoms of caffeine. Like you said, headaches and dehydration and things like this. Of course, people go through withdrawal, they try and get off of it, you know, and they'll go through, through a week of withdrawal, like, you know, like yeah. anything else. Yeah, like alcohol, like you know, opioids. I mean, maybe not as severe as opioids, but right, not even close. <laughs> not even, but but it's still the same kind of withdrawal. 
still the same kind of withdrawal. Well, look, I'm on board. Do you want to do some fancy graphics? We'll start a Twitter account, start gathering a following, go after caffeine. Controlling coffee companies, and then I'll secretly be drinking it, of course. But... <laughs> right, yeah. Calling out. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's, I think it's just a matter of time, you know, before, uh, this is where I'm hopeful. This is where I'm hopeful that vaping will go. I think vaping will fall into that coffee, craft beer, sort of whatever counterculture type of thing, you know, subculture, where we can have flavors in possibly questionable packaging, you know, like there's Dunkaroos, stout, whatever, beer that looks, I mean, it's the Dunkaroos logo on there. Yeah. I think we're going to get that. I think it's going to be like a connoisseur thing. Not, I mean, not even necessarily like a connoisseur thing, but just an accepted. Oh yeah, I vape nicotine. I think you were it's saying be, that year. You were saying that years ago. Yeah, to year, embrace the ho- the ho- hobbyist aspect of it. I, yeah, I remember you talking talking to Mike about it. Yeah, like where do we go from here? About embrace the hobbyist aspect. Keep doing what we're doing because yeah. there, there's there's still a a culture of it. Yes, that's where I think it's going to go. Yeah. As long as we can take down big caffeine, then... We're going to take down big caffeine. Yeah, I believe in us. Fucking shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. We can't have our kids all hopped up on... I don't even know what they drink anymore. I guess it's Bang Energy. I mean, in my bang day, energy. Red Bulls. Fra- but... Frappuccinos and, yeah. and, and Bang Energy drinks. Caffeine-filled Frappuccinos. And I mean, even just sugar... Sugar's worse for you than nicotine is. Sugar's is one of the number one killers in the in yeah, America. I know. I, I mean, and that you can't go after it. There's no campaign for sugar-free kids. There's no mothers against sugar. There's no parents against sugar. There's no parents against bang energy drinks. Their That's argument nice. comes from more of like a moral place than anything else. It's modern day temperance movement. It is. It really is. It's fucking bullshit. It is. It's fucking bullshit. Super fucking bullshit. But I think, uh, look, I think we stay the course. And honestly, I get, I've become so desensitized to bad vape news that I don't, it doesn't affect my mood anymore. For a very long time. Every time I saw terrible vape news, terrible legislation, terrible study, whatever, the girl who's hooked up to the oxygen who said, I only vaped once and yeah. now I have the lungs of an 80-year-old. Yeah. That used to really affect me. And now I think I've just become so desensitized to it. It's like watching a bunch of horror movies that you just get desensitized to the blood. I think yeah. I've just become desensitized to it. I kind of tuned it out. I, I still get a, like a tinge of of rage, but but I can't, I can't be angry all the time. Yeah, and I was angry all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah. It's such a it's such a range of emotions. You're like angry, you're depressed, you're discouraged. It's 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 fucking. I didn't sign up for this. I just wanted to quit smoking and help quit smoking. Yeah. I mean, and that's what the majority of us want to do. That's all I wanted to do is quit smoking and help people quit smoking. Well, you've you've done a lot for it. You have so. Well, I, I mean, if you were best. if you were to if you were put it on paper, you've accomplished more than than you know. <laughs> like like, you have a legacy. It does you know? So yeah. is your goal? Like you 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 could be proud of your legacy. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel, and that's one of the things that motivates me is I know what we're doing is right. I know right. this is the right thing to do. And at the end of yeah. the day, like Dimitri said, vaping works and it will always work. Right. And I know that what we're doing is right. We're just going to have to fucking battle up shit mountain for it, you know? I guess we could have been, I should have been prepared. I am prepared. You know what? I am prepared. Because if I wasn't, I would just fucking give up i would shut yeah. down Vinnyland. Vin- just shut it down yeah i started another account where with pictures of bicycles or something but i'm not going to do that yeah exactly you're not going to do that 
I'm not going to fucking do it. Not going to do it. Not throwing in the towel yet. Yep. No. Never throwing in the towel. Well, there was, there was some stand-up comedian. I can't remember who it was, but he said something similar about how shitty the world is right now and how it feels like it's the end. And he's like, but I haven't completely given up. He's like, and I know that I haven't completely given up because I still put recycling in the recycling containers. Is that what's his name, Tim? Was he on Joe Rogan, that guy? Was that the comedian? I don't remember. I don't remember who this guy was, but I thought that was fucking hilarious. (laughs) Right. He had a bet like that. And I think it sounds like it sounds like something he would say. He's really funny. He was on he was on uh, Rogan a couple of a couple of weeks ago. There were a lot of a lot of like clippy and a lot of sound bites from that from that episode that, that he said that were. Yeah, that were really good. But that's it. That's how you know you haven't given up is you haven't deleted vinyl and vapor. I haven't deleted grim green. We're powering through. And, uh, you know, we're kind of trying to do whatever we can to keep this movement alive. Tim Dillon. That was his name. Tim Tim Dillon. That sounds familiar. But you haven't given up because you're still putting recycling in the recycling bin. Still... Shipping two bottles a day, three bottles a day. Yeah, Still my shipping a few so, bottles. I'm so grateful. I'm so, I'm so, that's one thing I can say. Let me tell you something. Yeah. As stressful and I'm so grateful for, for the community, for what I've been able to build, for, you know, for keeping it afloat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't take, I, I like being a small guy. I don't need pallets and pallets of liquid going out. Like those, those orders that come every month from, five, six, ten people keep coming yeah. back. It means fucking well to me. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And and it and and that's proof, proof positive, you know, that that we're doing it right. That I'm I'm doing it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I made something and, and it's keeping people off, off cigarettes and, and they like it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But look, I hundred percent agree with you. I mean I feel the same way about my YouTube and you know, I didn't, I, when I started this YouTube, I never cared about having the most subscribers or having the most views or anything like that. I'm just thankful that people regularly watch my videos and I'm thankful that, you know, a few hundred people come out and watch the live vlog and, and just week, week after week, week after week. week after week, week after week. And I just appreciate it so much. Just, it means so much more to me than you know, I don't care to be the biggest YouTuber. I don't care right. to have the million, you know, hundreds of thousands of views every single video. You could start a Twitch stream and buy yourself a PlayStation. You know, yeah. Achieve those goals. Achieve those goals. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch me play video games poorly. I don't, I don't think anybody wants to watch that. But uh, yeah. Well, this has been really good, Eric. Thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate you. I appreciate your insight. Thanks for pulling me back to shore. Yeah. I said I felt adrift and you're like, let's not let that happen. Yeah. Throw a rope. Don't feel adrift. Don't feel adrift. You're part of this. People love you. People love the liquid, you know, and we all get burnt out and you can jump in and out whenever you want and don't feel obligated. Um, but you know, I don't think that you feel obligated. I think that you know that we're doing this is you know we're doing the right thing, like we're in the right, we're on the right side of history with this. I think so. You know, just keep going. Just keep going, bro. That's the punk rock keep, attitude. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it, and, and be grateful for it. Sounds good. Sounds good, brother. All right, Eric. Eric, vinyl and vapor, everybody. Uh, Deep Cuts Liquid, get it. It's delicious. Uh, I've been stuck on Blueberry Hill 12 milligram for quite some time now. I'm going to need to re-up very soon. In fact, I have Psycho Crawler in 12 and Blueberry Hill in 12 going both at the same time right now. They're delicious. They're good. I'm proud of them. Yeah, you should oh, be. They're great. I'm proud of them. You should be. Them. I always Fantastic. go back to them. You should be. They're great. 
Where, where can pimp, pimp your stuff? Where can people find you here? You can find me on Instagram at vinyl and vapor or one word. Yes. You can find deep cuts at vinyl and vapor.com. You can find my calzones at Vinny land, <laughs> Vinny land vapor. It's a, an Italian boutique. <laughs> the calzones. Is it? The calzones. It's a calzone. I've been on a, I've been on a Parks and Rec rewatch. Yes, me too. It's a comfortable place. Like when when things are when things are like down, you know, we yes. go back to those shows and watch The Office and Parks and Rec and Community and feel kind of like yeah, just laugh a little bit because it's just a sweet show. It's just a, it's just a wholesome show. It's wholesome and it's light, and we need it. Yeah, we need Leslie Nope. I know. And, and Ben. That's and just... Andy Dwyer. I was to see we've been rewatching Parks and Rec too, and I leaned over to Casey just the other night and I said, "If Leslie Nope was running for president, I would vote for her." Absolutely, she's got my vote. We need some Leslie yeah. Nopes out there. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> calzones. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Eric. Well, uh, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for being on the podcast. Everybody go check out uh, Vinyl and Vapor on Instagram. All the stuff. Deep Cuts e-liquids. Uh, I'll vouch for them. They are tasty, delicious e-liquids. And they're coming from a guy who uh, he's part of this industry. He really cares. He cares about you. He cares about uh, the future of this industry. Uh, and uh, he cares about getting smokers to quit smoking and that's uh you know you can't ask for much more you can't ask for much more so uh, thank you guys everybody for listening to the full grim podcast uh i'll be back i'm sure at some point thank you so much for listening thank you